Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and here's the weird thing. Summer has officially ended, and we had the first day of fall this week. It's crazy, but we made it to today, and that's what matters. So let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases and talk news and updates. Then we'll head into today's interview with pro softball rookie Morgan Howe. I've seen the girl play live. She's the real deal. And now we get a chance to get to know her. And we'll wrap things up with a double play tip of the week, getting better physically and mentally. So let's get it going. Covering our bases. Speaking of fall, fall means football. And we didn't know if that was going to be the case or not this year, but here we are. But it's definitely different. You might not be at the games this year, but you can still get involved with Bet Online. And I got to say, I'm going to stick with my Stanford NFL guys. That really means the Steelers and the Eagles, David DeCastro, Zach Ertz. No matter how they're doing, that's just how I roll. Go card. But there are so many options out there. Game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more betting options than anywhere else. And the cherry on top is that the online casino is always open. Seriously, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And fall also means school. So you have to think about college softball. And the transfer portal is still active. It's big in terms of volume of people that are in it, but it's also just big in terms of the impact and the changes themselves. You have players leaving the Power Five or entering, like our guest Morgan did. And so we'll talk more about that process with her today. You know, she's been in those shoes and she gives advice to those players making moves. But one of her biggest moves was, of course, joining Athletes Unlimited. And it's crazy that we only have one weekend left of play. Like what? Where did the time go? But week four did not disappoint. The pitchers came to play. I love it. There were so many pitching duels and it happened right away. Haley Wagner and Kat Osterman had the matchup and they actually had the last matchup of the last game of the previous week as well. And I have to give a ton of credit to Haley Wagner. She fought hard in that game against Kat and she came back in the very next game and shut it down. And really we saw the top four pitchers going at it on day one. It was those two against each other. And then it was an Ocasio O'Toole matchup in the other game. So really set the tone on day one. And overall on the weekend, O'Toole really competed, truly. She was hitting spots, she had the intensity. She lost to Kat and Ocasio by just one to two runs, but she kept Team Orange there every time she was on the mound. And we had more lower scoring, close games like that. And Jessica Burroughs made some big adjustments and got a W. Like, I'm just so happy to see adjustments like this late in the season. All the hitters have already seen you, but they hadn't seen you like this. At the same time, Kat was human. Savannah Jaquish was not. So Kat lost two games, the first game she had lost at all, all season long. And in one of them, Savannah Jaquish actually hit two bombs off of her and then turned around and she hit two bombs in the next game. So talk about sending a message. And she tweeted her support. A lot of people have been saying like, she should be on the Olympic team. Look how well she's doing. But she actually tweeted about how, hey guys, the Olympic team is the Olympic team. Let's all support them. But honestly, the message is still received. We all know she is the real deal. 
So it was a cool balance of having these pitchers duels, but still having the long ball in the game as well. It was just tighter games. You had a couple home runs that ended up being the only runs of the game versus, you know, in the teens. So to me, that's fun softball. The home run derby is entertaining, but this is good softball. And that's what we saw. And then of course, Kat with the comeback with 16 Ks in her last game of the weekend. And she said her plan was to really change planes more. And you know what? That's greatness. That's why they say it's not about never getting knocked down, but about how you get up. The game humbles you, but you come back swinging and you have a plan and you just get right back to it. And then Alicia Ocasio, you know, she goes 3-0 and with Team Warren. So she's still a captain now as we head into the last week, aka in the top four in the league, even after having missed a week of play. So that's when you know you're in good shape. And she took that momentum into the draft. And this was the last draft of Athletes Unlimited. And every captain talked about wanting to finish strong and just to have good vibes to wrap this thing up. Jesse Warren, Erica Piancastelli, and Alicia Ocasio have been a strong sort of trio this season when they've been on the same team, but now they're separated because they're all captains because they were so successful. So that'll be interesting. Kat mixed it up with the number one pick. She got that support in the circle with Haley Wagner. And I think it's smart because what the hell? I mean, they're going to be so hard to beat with those two in the circle. But don't worry, she still got Gwen in the later rounds. And I also saw that she actually bought Gwen Svekis a pair of AirPods, the Apple earbuds. And Gwen posted on social media, and there was a note of appreciation, like, hey, you're the best. Like, just wanted to say thank you. Now go spend your bonus on something else. And I think it's really an example of just showing gratitude and appreciation And you take care of those who take care of you. You know, Gwen's been back there and been by her side this entire season. It reminds me of, you know, in the NFL, quarterbacks, they'll often buy Christmas gifts for their offensive linemen. And it's that same concept. It's like, those are your partners. That's who you go to battle with. And so I think it was a really classy move by Kat. And for the other captains, you know, Pion Castelli, this was her second time as a captain when she stepped in for Ocasio and she had to leave. But it was her first time actually drafting. And she really just went for the big bats. And the first round, she drafted another catcher. She is a catcher, drafted another catcher with Savannah Jaquish. And to be fair, she's also a utility player you could use all over the place. But I think the thought process must have been like, hey, Kat and Ocasio are captains. Kat took Wagner. Warren took O'Toole. The top four pitchers right there are gone just within two picks. So you know what? Hey, let's just load up with the bats. (laughs) Let's just get after this thing. And she really did that with the rest of her roster as well. And through this whole process, something that has been really, really cool is seeing the viewership, not just of the games, but of different activities like the draft. So you can watch it on Facebook Live every week and the viewers for the first draft were in around the 400 range in terms of people watching live. And then here we are in the fifth draft and it actually reached over 1,100 people. So we nearly tripled the viewership in just a few weeks. It's just a great sign. And things really came full circle with how the team stacked up. Haley Wagner is back on team gold, like week one. Jesse Warren is leading team orange, like week one. Alicia Ocasio has been in purple a lot. She's leading team purple this week. And in addition to that, Victoria Hayward, Gwen Svekis, and Haley Wagner are all a part of the PEC, the player committee. And they've been part of developing Athletes Unlimited from really early on. They flew to New York together a year ago to get things started. And now 
they're playing up the middle together on team gold with the battery and center field. So what a cool way to close this thing out. And I feel like more and more of these women are getting the chance to be real pros, professionals. With the TV exposure, the whole trading card thing we were talking about with Hannah Flippin, the fact that they'll be on them for the first time. There's more financial and career development opportunities. Even Kelsey Stewart worked with Wilson on a new glove that just came out, the A2000. But there's a KS7 version with stars on the web and stripes on the fingers. And it looks sick, first of all. But it's also, it's like, that's something that a pro does. And you see this kind of thing with MLB players all the time. But now these ladies are doing it too. It's so cool. And our guest today is new to this world and really soaking it all in. So let's hear what rookie Mo Howe had to say about it all. She is a pro softball player with Athletes Unlimited, NPF rookie-to-be with California Commotion, and an All-American outfielder at Arizona State, Morgan Howe. Thank you for joining. Ah, thanks for having me. It's exciting. I mean, I feel like this is kind of becoming an ASU softball podcast. You're the fourth person I've had. Really? Yes. Love it. <laughs> First, it was Coach Ford, and then Sasha Palacios, who's there with you right now, yes. and your classmate, Taylor Becerra. So here, yeah. here, rounding it out. Hey, amazing, amazing. Those are all quality human beings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're batting cleanup, right? So that's... that's <laughs> right, right. It works. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, y'all are always down to join and talk softball. And ASU softball always shows you guys love, shares on social media. So I'm about it. It's a pack family. I'll support it. I like it. Yep. Love softball. I can talk about softball all freaking day. So... <laughs> Well, that is the plan. Well, maybe not all day. I won't keep you all day, but. Okay. <laughs> and I'll have to draft person. in a couple hours, so. Right. I think that's a little important. We'll let you go for that. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I want to say I called some of your ASU games at Stanford last year on the Pac-12 stream, and I'm pretty sure you're on my broadcasting reel. Like, I think you might have hit a home run or like a double or extra base hit or something, and I'm pretty sure I remember me talking about you on my reel. I think, so. I, think I can actually um, hear your voice in my mind. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you said, have a series Morgan Howe. I think that's what you said. I think, I think so. I you. think you're right. <laughs> okay. I think so. <laughs> because it was unreal. I think, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a Stanford alum. So of course I want to see them do well, but you were, you were just feeling it. You were seeing the ball well that weekend. I, sure. I was seeing the ball very well that weekend. I can't even lie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep, mm -hmm, I'll own that. Yep. Yeah, spot on. I was just seeing it really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you are now too. And what's crazy is you thought your career was going to be over when you graduated, right? And yeah. here you are yeah. now with mm -hmm. Athletes Unlimited, fast forward, mm -hmm. and you're killing it. Thank what you. happened between then and now to get you here? I think I just happened to be at the right place at the right time, um, or I saw certain things at the right time. Um, I did think my career was over. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate how small the draft is for the MPF. Um, I feel like you have a lot of great seniors that come out of college every single year, and to have to choose between 25 of them, I feel like that's just kind of unfair. And on top of it, you don't have pro softball players leaving the league the way that you have seniors graduating from college. So um, there's definitely a lack of opportunity for, you know, post-college softball. But 
I went to grad school. I am a graduate manager at the University of Florida and working with their softball team. So I was just kind of there trying to stay around the game, trying to get, you know, my future educator, my further education, sorry. And um, I was working out with Team Canada for a little bit. And that was a very short um, journey because my citizenship wasn't going to go through within the amount of time it needed to. Um, so kind of got my hopes up high again, just to get knocked right back down. And then let's see, I think I got a text from my dad saying, did you see this post? And it was for the California commotion. It was for a tryout out in LA. And I think by that time we were just starting, um, we were about to start softball season, uh, for college. Um, so I asked coach Walton, I was hey do you mind if I fly to California really quick do this tryout and then come back I'm only missing a couple days it's the weekend like I'm I'm really sorry this is so you know unplanned and out of nowhere but like I really would like to keep playing if I can and I I need to go to this tryout so he was all for it and went to the tryout did really well um our GM Deb Hartwig she was like I could probably just tell you this right now we're already gonna you know we're going to sign you. So if you're interested, I was like, you don't even have to ask. <laughs> and then there that was, it was really cool because I was going to be playing um, with Kamalani Dung again. We went to Fresno State together. Um, so we were really excited about that, suit up together again. And then COVID-19 hit and I went straight back down in that really dark place because I was really sad. And then um, it was actually Kamalani that uh, texted me one day it was over the summer I think I was actually out in Arizona at the time and she was like hey so athletes unlimited I decided to just give it a shot text somebody do something get your way in there but I'm I'm going for it and I was like okay so I actually texted Victoria Hayward who is part of the PEC here and who I worked out with um with Team Canada and I was like hey Vic um just out of curiosity, you know, are there any opportunities left with Athletes Unlimited? Um, I'm really interested. Um, you know, just let me know. I know I'm really late to the game. This was in June, maybe July. Like, it was really late. And um, she texted me back saying that there may have be an opportunity for, um, like, the backup players to come in. So, basically, you have your 56 athletes, and let's say one of them gets hurt or – um, there's an event or family emergency, just like Alicia Ocasio last week, right. um, where they have to leave the bubble. Um, those replacement players are ready to go to come in and fill that spot. So I was like, yes, say less. I'm here for it. You know, <laughs> I hope that no one gets hurt, but in the event that someone does, or they have to go home, I'm here. So <laughs> was just super excited to be a part of it. Um, I wasn't going to be actually here in Chicago if I was on the, the replacement uh, list, but I was just super excited to be ready to go if they needed me. And then um, she set me up on a Zoom call with um, Sherry Kemp. And Sherry basically was just giving us the rundown of how this league works, what it looks like, what the protocols kind of are going to look like, how we're going to um, maneuver through COVID-19 and all those things. And it was the day of that Zoom call, I believe, that Victoria texted me and was like, hey, like, you're an outfielder, right? And I was like, yes. <laughs> She's like, just an outfielder? I said, yes. She said, okay, so somebody remembered you wrong. 
um but we have a like we have a we have a spot for you and I was like me <laughs> you have a spot for me and then obviously without without hesitation it was yes so then my zoom call turned into um uh, it's kind of the same thing still getting the rundown but it it turned into we will be sending you your contract today instead of um you just kind of got to wait it out so it that's how that happened um kind of just in the right place at the right time seeing the right things at the right time and reaching out to the right people at the right time but everything happens for a reason I'm a huge believer in that so I think I needed to uh feel the pain of not having softball around to really enjoy when it is around and when I do have the opportunity to play so been fun <laughs> sometimes that that time away that's that's what will put you in perspective but there's a lot to unpack from what you just said but what I love about the theme of the entire thing is that you really kind of wrote and carved out your own destiny like you were being proactive throughout the entire process whether that was with the commotion or with athletes unlimited whatever you were reaching out and the other thing is it sounds like you were staying ready there's like this element of like you better stay ready so you don't have to get ready right, right. so how did you get the reps in in order to do that was that something you did at florida it's one of those things where yes you have to stay ready um i think in my mind i just um sounds kind of psychotic but i just love it so much that when i go out to a softball field i'm never really just going out there just to like mess around um so i mean a big reliever of stress for me is hitting and it's just, it's always been something that if I just want to get away from everything for a second, I can go hit off the tee, go hit some front toss, go hit the machines, like mind, mindlessly working. Um, but when you're working, you're working on something, you know, muscle memory, fundamental things, things of that nature. Um, so I think just me loving it so much is kind of what kept me ready when I was home, my dad is the high school coach at my old high school. So he has access to their field and all those things. So, I mean, that's kind of something that me and my dad bond over anyways. Um, and he would just, he would just give me the keys, let me go out there, or he would come with me and just pitch me some front toss. We'd throw the ball around, things like that. I will say that uh, upon graduating, I did nothing softball related. I was so upset and I didn't really know how to handle it that I just didn't even want to be in the vicinity of it um I was really heartbroken to say the least and when I got to Florida I mean you're bored they have amazing facilities why not go out there so I would work I would work in the cages sometimes like off my off time I would go to the cages and just hit balls off the tee um and then when I'm out there shagging during practices I mean I take reps just like I would normally take reps I mean, why not? It just makes me feel like I'm playing all over again. So, I mean, I'd be out there shagging, running around, getting totally. all ready like I was playing and practicing. So I would say that's how I kind of got ready. When I was getting ready for the tryout, Coach Thomas, which is our outfield coach, he would hit me reps and he would let me throw. Uh, Amanda Lorenz helped me out a lot. She would also take reps with me or let me like throw to her at bases and things like that. And then one of our other um, managers, we call him Kill a Cam. Um, he would come and like feed the machine for me or receive at bags for me. And Amanda would hit like people were super supportive of helping me out and um, getting me kind of trained or like back into the rhythm of things. 
in their off time. So that's kind of how I got ready for that tryout. And then just over quarantine, again, I have access to that softball field, uh, my high school field. So I was utilizing it every single day. Um, I was giving lessons. So when I wasn't giving lessons, uh, either before or after, like I would get my work in and then just working with these young athletes kind of sharpens my mind up too. And I guess that's how I would say I was getting ready. I more so just never left, but that was more of a, that was more of a means of de-stressing or getting away from things. It wasn't really with the intent to like stay prepared um, and ready to go, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think most people, if you really love softball, you're not really ever going away. Even if you take a break, even if it's like Ross mm-hmm. and Rachel status, like in friends, it's like, we were on a break for a little bit, but we're yeah. back. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. But it's, what's great about it is that it does take a village for all of us to, to get to college softball, to get to any, anytime you move to the next level, it takes mm-hmm. a village of support and you have that. And it's cool because you actually have it kind of like bi-coastally, which is awesome with your family, with yeah. Florida, like that's, that's amazing. And I feel like that's something that's really, really a big part of the softball community is just the support and how mm-hmm. much everybody wants to grow the game and keep pushing everybody forward. It's like a rising tide, you know, raises all ships. Right. It's like, that is, I feel like actually lived out in softball and you're kind of an example of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unreal. And then it's really nice. I mean, I have, I don't really have reasons to go back to Arizona. Um, like I used to, obviously it was my school. So I was always there, but now that I'm at school in Florida, um, I haven't had a time to like really visit ASU very often, but when I do, it's really nice because coach Ford's very like, yeah, please come to the facility, use our stuff. Um, I know that I think there was one break that I was out in Arizona. I think I was helping my sister move in or out or something. And, um, when coach, when we call her coach Dubs, when she was still coaching there, she actually let me, or she actually hit me some reps and like, we worked some, uh, like footwork stuff. And it was, it's just really cool. And I can come back in there like so open and willing. I actually, when I got out here, <laughs> when I got out here, I was getting so crazy about my swing. I sent my swing to Harger, Coach Harger. And I was like, Coach Harger, I'm going insane. Please tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he was like, <laughs> you're doing this, this, this. I was like, you got it, Harger. <laughs> so just my support system is uh, unreal. That's awesome. I love it. I love that you still tapped into it. And you know what coach? So I play for coach Ford at Stanford too. So I know exactly what you're talking about where she's like all about it. I remember Mendoza would come practice with us and my freshman year, I was like, um, what, this is normal. Okay, cool. But you know, she lets like, she's about that. So I totally know what you mean there. Mm -hmm. Um, but then she had mentioned when she was on the show, how coach Harger is just awesome with the hitters and like really great at communicating with you guys and kind of like communicating with each of you in a way that works for you so mm-hmm. it's and and you know you can see it with how well geez I mean Sun Devil bats are pretty insane the last couple of years so it makes sense yeah. but yeah you know hearing that from you that you're like no no I still like tap back into that that's, that's oh cool. I do and I felt I felt the whole staff was that same way um how you say that Harger is able to like know how to communicate with like the different athletes um on the team I coach Ford the same way. She knows how to read and understand and like tap into different athletes because everyone's so different. And same with coach Dubs. I mean, I know she's not there anymore, but she was really good at knowing how to read people and knowing which buttons to press and how, how many times you can press that button. And that, I think that's why that staff was, was, and is still so effective. So definitely sure. um, know how to connect with their athletes. 
Well, that's what led me to say have a series, Morgan Howe, and now have a season, I guess, with Athletes <laughs> Unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing with Athletes Unlimited, too, you and a bunch of other players have been posting all about how life-changing it is and how you never want to leave the bubble. And, you know, some of these people you've known for a while, right? You've already mentioned a few, but others, it's like you just kind of have known them for less than two months. So mm-hmm. what about it is so special to be a player in this league? I mean, well, first and foremost, softball is not happening anywhere else. So that makes it special already. Um, And then when you're surrounded by, you know, 55 of some of softball's greatest, I mean, it's just humbling as it is. And then to know that you're actually here, it's like, wow, yeah, I really don't want to leave. You know, Um, I think what makes it so great is that, I mean, they're not only great athletes, but they're great human beings. I say champion souls a lot. Just the most pure people I've ever met when people get I don't want to say the word popular but when they get more of like following bases and when their name is really big around the softball world or just in general any athlete I think there's like this stereotype that their head gets blown up or they're too cool for everyone or they're just better than everyone and there's a lot of big names here and I've never once felt upon meeting any of these amazing women that I wasn't good enough or cool enough or like top tier enough to like be able to have a conversation and hold a conversation with them and I think that's what I love most is like here I am just little Ricky Mo uh coming into like a group of athletes just unreal athletes and they're all so nice and they're all so willing to help me out um I've picked so many brains it's unreal. And I think their eagerness to help me, they love seeing other people succeed makes me want to stay here. Like they're not selfish and like keep all the knowledge to themselves. Like they want to branch out this knowledge. They want to talk softball with me. They want to see me succeed. They get super excited when I do. Um, Everyone just mutually wants everyone to grow and succeed so it's just it's a really cool environment when you're kind of going into it thinking like man like who am I going to talk to is this going to be weird are they going to look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about or I don't know how to play softball and then they're all so open and nice and just throwing all this information at me and I'm like oh god yes thank you (laughs) like (laughs) I'm taking it all um it's just really it's just so cool it's really freaking cool and because I mean everyone's kind of been through like travel ball you kind of get stuck in hotel rooms all summer with the same group of girls and it's kind of the same thing here um I think but I mean nobody's sick of each other which I think is crazy um but I think that's because what Athletes Unlimited does a really good job of is um we have a lot of these we call them Friday Night Lights um but even in the beginning our first week here when we were like training and practicing to come back um we had a lot of like we called it Wolfpack. Um, that was a program in itself, but we have these events that get put on where you come and you just get to know everyone on a way deeper, more personal level. Um, we do talk about social issues going on. We talk about how to address these things or to be able to have conversations with people and be open to talking about sensitive topics of all kinds. 
and then we also have events where, like I said, Wolfpack, we talk about our future and we dive into, okay, how are we going to grow our brand? What does this look like? What is your mission statement for your life? Like just life things. They have so many events and programs they put on here that you A, get to know everyone on a deeper level in terms of like their personal stories or what they plan for their future or what they want um, for themselves. And then for two, just to kind of get everyone not stuck in a house, not stuck in their apartment, not stuck in their room. So it's just been a, like aside from the softball part, as a person, as someone going through life, you're growing together as well, or you're learning together as well. And you're connecting on that level as well. So I think that's what, that's what's making this um, just an even greater experience. For one, like I said, softball's not happening anywhere else. So the fact that we're doing it, representing the sport to grow the sport and on national television, that's amazing in itself. But then to have all these other little things happening behind the scenes, learning each other, growing each other, just makes it that much more special. And yes, word for word, life-changing. I'm just, I'm learning so much. And I love that, I almost love that I'm probably the younger, one of the younger ones here because I'm learning so much. Like I feel, I don't know, it's just cool. I, not that I don't have any knowledge, but like <laughs> you have so much more life experience than I do. And I am still in school. So it's just, it's cool. And my eyes are just super open. And <laughs> it's just such a fun experience. I, I, it's hard to kind of wrap it all up into a few words, you know? Of course. Well, there, like you said, there's so many different parts to it. And it's awesome that you have so many activities and opportunities, like you said, for yourselves as people, but for your futures, like there's just so many different parts to it. And that mm -hmm. is kind of how you bond with each other. And then it makes you want to just spend the random downtime together. Cause it seems like you all are having fun just being together too. Yeah, no. And like, it's fun to kind of, oh, like, you know her? Oh, I knew her. Like, we grew up together. We played travel all together. You know this, you know that. Like, you don't realize how small the softball world is. Because, I mean, it's a small world, but it's also a really big world. But, yeah, you, you learn a lot of things. And you learn a lot of, like, funny stories. And, like, a lot of different experiences and walks of life. And it's, it, we definitely enjoy being around each other. Like I said, like, nobody's sick of each other. So. Well, that's, that's a win in itself, to be honest, like you yeah, said. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. But so who's the kind of group that you've been gravitating toward? Because I know that you're all really pretty intertwined, like all 56, maybe 57 now with Trish Parks too, all really spending a lot of time together mm -hmm. overall. But I also feel like I'm seeing like Kamalani Dung's your roommate, right? And I'm seeing like yeah. Erica Piancastelli, like you guys are hanging out. So who's like kind of that group that you tend to gravitate towards a little bit? Yeah, so I feel like it kind of depends on the day and it depends on the team. But um, so obviously Kamalani. Um, but it's funny. So I actually, my very first travel ball team, I played with Erica Piancastelli. So not a lot of people know that. But um, me and Erica have known each other since we were like 11, 12 years old. Um, so that was one of my other friends that I knew pretty well coming in here. Um, Kamalani played with Jazz Jackson at Cal. So they became really close. And so it just kind of worked out that our two rooms like knew each other. And I, I knew jazz through the grapevine, like maybe had a couple conversations here and there, but 
we never really connected on a deeper level like we have over the last few weeks. So that's one group. And then kind of like the apartment building that I'm in, we all kind of, there's different groups that I hang out with sometimes. Um, so I think it was a couple weeks, it was week three, the fire flames. We all pretty much live in this building. So like Megan Wiggins, Nicole DeWitt, uh, Kaylee Clifton, Emily Crane was on our team and then not on our, like she got traded because Alicia Ocasio left. So we need another pitcher, yep. blah, blah, blah. And Taylor McClellan, is in this building as well, who was also on the fire flames. So, I mean, I've been hanging out with um, those, that group a little bit more too. Um, I definitely, like the people in our building, I feel like we all kind of hang out and we all kind of gravitate towards each other. Like even in our group settings, like at the dome, like we'll all, we'll, we're all comfortable, like go sit down next to them. Like, Hey, like, how's your lunch? Like things like that. So I would say that's kind of like the other group that I've kind of been gravitating towards. And then just recently, I got to be on Jesse Warren's team, and that was a fun group. Um, at practice all week, like I was just hanging out with Jesse Warren, and then um, Nadia Taylor. I've been hanging out a lot with. We've been working a lot in the cages, hitting a lot, um, kind of picking her brain as well. And then this last week, it was really cool to work with um, Shelby Penley too. We talked a lot of hitting. That was that was fun, but. To go back, sorry, I was just on a tangent. My my group is yes, like the people I've been hanging out with, yes, Jazz, Erica, Kama, and then like Megan and um, Nicole, and then some of the newbies that are also like some of the younger ones too. They're actually my age. They're two floors up. You end up hanging out with everyone. It's so fun. Well, that's that's the best part, really. But the Purple Power Rangers that was something special. But I have to ask, there isn't a Purple Power Ranger right so no, you guys are not. like we, we are now the power rangers at the deal yeah so i don't think we really knew there wasn't a purple power ranger <laughs> until we tried to look for the suits um because upon the first date um we like got in our huddle or whatever and jesse was instantly like just so you guys know we're the purple power rangers like there's no if and spots like we're just go with it <laughs> and we're like yeah purple power rangers let's go and so <laughs> Nadia I think texted me and Erica was like do you guys want a suit like would you guys wear a suit we were like yeah like how funny would that be so Jesse was telling us that when they were looking for the suits they couldn't find a purple power ranger suit because there is no purple power ranger (laughs) so I mean we thought we I mean we still stuck with it like it just flowed but we didn't I don't think that we knew that there wasn't a purple power ranger until we went to look for the suit (laughs) <laughs> well that's fine I mean you guys can be you could just make it a thing like it's the first right. year of Athletes Unlimited first Purple Power Ranger whatever exactly. we're here for it uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well I have to say too I did see that you and Kamalani Dung had this debate going or question about pineapple on pizza which is a thing yes. that's a yes. thing people always have this debate and obviously, yes. obviously Kamalani like ordered it and had the pineapple she's Hawaiian she likes it we get it did you settle the debate? Like what side of the aisle are you on? So Kam and I are both for pineapple on pizza. Okay. So the pizza that she got, we actually ordered together. And I was like, Pama, like, I'm really feeling some pizza, like a deep dish. I was like, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm just like a pepperoni pizza with pineapple on top kind of gal. And she was like, stay less. So <laughs> that's the pizza we got. We actually got pepperoni deep dish with pineapple on top. And it was funny because she was getting a lot of, um, messages and like comments about how it was a Hawaiian pizza and we were like no it's 
not a Hawaiian pizza just because there's pineapple on it, but we'll go with it, I guess. Right. So um, I did put up a debate on my, or like I did put a poll up on my Instagram and I cannot lie. It was a 50-50 split. 50-50 split. The numbers were the exact same. And I was like, wow, <laughs> people are really, really half and half about this. Like I, it, it actually really, I can't believe it didn't sway one way or another. Yeah. Um, and people felt so strongly about it that I would get messages about it. Like that's disgusting or <laughs> put the pineapple on the pizza. I'm here for it. So me and Kama both are for pineapple on pizza. Um, it's funny. So Erica's Italian. And I told her that we were getting pizza with pineapple. And she said, do not. And I said, why? She's like, you're literally talking to the person that pizza came from. Like, <laughs> She invented you, it. It was her. It was know? definitely her. She was like, if you walked up to anyone in Italy and said, does pineapple belong on pizza? You would get slapped. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Erica. And so she thinks we're absolutely disgusting, obviously. It's just completely uncultured. But we both agree that pineapple does belong on pizza, so. Well, so Erica came on the show, and I did ask her, I was like, how does Chicago pizza, how is it, you know, like, from your authentic taste, like, what is it? And she said it's good. She's like, it's not authentic, but it's good for what it is. And I was like, okay, yeah. I think we'll take that. <laughs> and I don't know what the authentic pizza is supposed to be like, so I'm sitting here with my Chicago deep dish, like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> with the pineapple. With the pineapple. Can't forget it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know what? I've seen Steli's been braiding everybody's hair. Have you had your hair braided by her? So the first week I did have my hair braided by Steli. And um, I haven't gotten it braided since. Well, that's a lie. The other night for movie night, I had my hair braided by her. But games, I'm, I, I think I'm just really simple. I can't have a lot going on. Um, I don't know what it is, but this is so superstitious. This is such a softball thing, but in, this is probably going to just, I'm going to instantly regret this as soon as it comes out of my mouth. But when my, when I feel like my hair is tight, like the braid is really tight or whatever, like the bubbles are really tight or whenever there's just a lot tightness on my head, I feel like then I'm going to play tight. You know, so, what? just so has no correlation, but um, that's just what I think. And so when my, it's like my braid has to be loose. I have to have like one bubble. Like I can't have, especially now that my hair's short, um, I can't have like all of these bubbles. If my hair looks like a stick, like I just can't do it. So you know what? I think that's I, why I haven't gotten it braided again. I get it. I get it. Because we always yeah, used to me. say, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, you win. So it's like, yes. it starts with, you have to feel good yes. about whatever you got going on. Like I yes. used to I used to wear a braid because if I didn't, my hair was long. And so I sometimes would grab my hair when you throw and that hurts. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, I don't even want to think about it, even though like yeah. the straightened hair probably looked better or whatever, but I was like, no, yeah. I need to, right. Like everyone has their thing. So I, I, yeah. I'm, I support you on this. Yeah. You feel me. You feel me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Speaking of being loose, um, the TikTok dancing, mm -hmm. tell me more. How did this like come about that you guys all started doing these? Yeah, so me personally, I have never been, um, I don't want to say a fan of TikTok. I just never downloaded it. Um, people tell me all the time, like, you're going to get addicted. You're going to sit there all day. And you're just going to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I'm like, that's really what I don't need in my life. 
Um, I already do that on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. So like, I really don't need TikTok on top of it. I just didn't want to hop on the bandwagon. I didn't. I yeah. didn't. Everyone kind of blew up TikTok and people are making, people my age or younger are making millions of dollars just posting videos. And I'm like, this is what we got going on. Like, come on. So I was a very, I, I'm not even going to lie. I was a hater. I was a big hater on TikTok. And it wasn't until I got here that comma convinced me and I just caved and I got it especially because I was like, Oh, it's going away in a couple of weeks anyways, like, or a couple of months anyways, like I'll be fine. It's going to, it's like, then I won't even have a choice. Just ride this so, wave while you can. Right. Right. So I got one, me and Kama made a TikTok, uh, our first week here. That thought it turned out, that turned out pretty well. I mean, I have no followers, so I'm, it, <laughs> it didn't like blow up or anything. Not that I was expecting it to. And then, um, the only other TikTok that I've been in was Jesse Warren's, um, from Sunday. I and that. I reposted it to mine. Erica reposted it to hers. And uh, on Jesse's, obviously, because Jelly, Jelly, Jesse has a really big following base. It blew up, and we were like, "What? Like, whoa!" You know, that's <laughs> ever happened to me. I don't know. I, I think the I think the dances are fun. I I like the whole little routine thing. Um, I don't I don't think that I really do it for like things blowing up and trying to get no, a base like I just think it's I think it's just like a fun thing I don't know I I thought it looked good it was fun but everyone else I mean there's a lot of TikTokers here they are all about TikTok I don't understand <laughs> I had to ask Jesse how to repost a TikTok to my TikTok I was like Jesse I feel like I'm old I feel like a grandma who doesn't <laughs> know how to work her phone please help me and so um but I mean I just like to, I don't know. I don't sit, I still don't even open the app, which is kind of funny. I download it and I still don't open it. I don't go scrolling. I don't really follow anybody anyways, but I'm the fun. I, I don't, I would do more if I knew what was going on, but I, I'm so far out of that loop that I'm just like, oh, you want me to be in it? Okay. Show me how to do this and then we'll do it. Right. Yeah. No, it seems so like it's like an, a time investment. Like if you actually want to get like deep into TikTok, this could, it could be like a whole thing. Yeah. I, and that's why I think that I, can't get into it because I just don't have the time to commit to it I know I don't yeah. it's fun I'm like you I like I, I don't have it my friends will sometimes send me like links to funny videos or whatever they want to share and I'm like okay but I don't have it and my friend's husband actually works at TikTok so I kind of feel like okay. I'm like somewhat disloyal or something but I'm yeah. like oh I just see them when people repost them to Instagram right like that counts yeah that's I how know. I was seeing it too and I was like I don't need to download it if they're just going to keep posting them on Twitter and Instagram yeah I don't know. We'll tell ourselves that. That's fine. We'll just, yeah. <laughs> Whatever helps us sleep at night. <laughs> exactly. You know what? <laughs> that's, that's what this year's about. Whatever we're going to, we can tell ourselves to survive. That's what we'll do. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It is funny, though, thinking back to kind of the beginning of this whole thing, like as a fan and someone who's been covering it and fast forward these weeks to now, how do you feel like things have changed or have they changed and evolved? since you've been there? I think on a personal level, I feel like I, I just feel so much more comfortable. I, on a personal level, haven't really been myself for a while. And I, you know, going into quarantine, going back home, kind of having the time to like sit there and reflect on myself and do some like, you know, self mental healing and things like that and growing. I feel like 
me being here and being surrounded by all these amazing people and being uplifted by all these just genuine souls um, kind of got me out of that little tunnel, dark hole, whatever you want to call it. So I just feel in general, just a lot more comfortable, comfortable with myself. I feel like I have so much more to love about myself. That was always there. Just, I never appreciated it, appreciated it enough. So on a personal level, I just feel like I'm back to myself. And I don't think that anyone really would have been able to guess or know that I wasn't, I haven't been me and that I was struggling with some things and I kind of love to keep it that way. I don't, I don't, I don't like people knowing uh, what's, what demons I'm fighting. So there's that. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from being here. Um, in terms of softball, I think, I think that we're really making strides. I think our opportunity to play on national television when there's nothing else to watch on TV has definitely grown the game. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what the plans are for next year and what this league plans to do next year and to see if those networks plan to cover more softball, whether that's the NPF or Athletes Unlimited or figuring out how to sign deals with colleges and like college networks. Yeah. So um, I think that just in general, we definitely took some big strides forward um, in terms of growing the game. Personally, on, on a softball matter, I think that I've grown exponentially. Being able to pick the brains of some of, again, softball's greatest and compete alongside them, behind them, with them, against them, just change the game for sure. Um, I've been kind of told that the pro league is a lot like looser and um, there's not as much like strictness and you know, there's no pressure really. But I don't really feel that way. I feel like the speed of the game is still just as high. The intensity is just as high. Like you have to be on your A game every day, even at practice. Like that, that doesn't change. I mean, sure, you don't you don't get punished for being late to practice or you don't you're not held to six AM workouts every morning. Um, but there's just that standard of if you want to be great, you go do it on your own. And everyone again is trying to help each other out and grow each other. And so everyone's like, Oh, come do this with me. Or, Hey, did you want to hit extra? Or do you want to set the machine up on this? Like, let's work this pitch. Like there's just so many different processes and like everyone's influencing each other. So just on a personal softball matter, I think, I'm, if I'm not in my prime, I'm going to be soon. <laughs> if, I, if, this is, if this is just, you know, not the surface yet, I, oh, I'm kind of scared for what I'm going to become. <laughs> well, scared in a good way because. Scared I mean, in a good way. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be talking about have a series. It's going to be like, have a career, have a championship, have all these things. Yeah. Or it's interesting because you are a first time pro. And because of everything with COVID and all that, it's like you didn't get to do that California commotion season like you would have before this. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, this feels like it's so special. And I think you're 100% right in the sense that 
because of everything that's happened this year, how rough this has been for everyone, especially the sports world, including softball, especially with the Olympics, everything. Mm-hmm. Having this has been kind of that light at the end of the tunnel for the whole softball community and the sports community, really, especially women's sports. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, for you, it's kind of like, dang, this is kind of a high bar to set, like for your pro experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it reminds me, I remember my fresh or my sophomore year of college, we went to Hawaii for our opening tournament. And I was, we were trying to tell the freshmen like, okay, don't think this is like how it always is. Just so you know, like this is, yeah. this is special. Yeah. This is different. And it's like on a much yeah. bigger scale. I'm like kind of thinking that way about AU. Yeah. And a lot of the like um, veterans were talking about um, how they're happy and they're excited that this is my introduction. Well, not just me, but like multiple of the rookies like introduction because all the bases were covered. Our trainer situation to our housing situation to how we're going to get fed, when we're going to get fed, what we're going to get fed, just how organized and how on top of everything that the whole production of AU has put on is just, I mean, yes, you're right. Set the bar extremely high, but just makes me that much more appreciative because they were able to get it, get it popping like this. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't even know. I, 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 yeah, set the bar really high, but. Well, you guys did it too, right? Like AU did it as an organization, as a company, as a business, whatever, but like you guys are the ones who really executed it and actually went out and did it. And that's going to set the tone for the other sports. It is. It is. And I think that's what's so cool about Athletes Unlimited is that it's not just softball. They are doing this for volleyball, women's volleyball. It's the first women's indoor pro league, like ever. So, so cool. And then I know that they're looking to add more and more sports to the year. So just to think that other female athletes of different sports are going to have the same exact experience on all levels connections personal connections sport related connections things like that Uh, I just how incredible how incredible for female athletics so cool yeah really in a nutshell like that's it yeah that's it right there that's it that's a tweet (laughs) that's a tweet (laughs) (laughs) but I know I'm noticing a pattern with you you like to be first firstborn child right first year with AU first year with the commotion ever like you just like to be in the front (laughs) I guess I guess so (laughs) (laughs) hey there's nothing wrong with that there is nothing wrong with that I enjoy being in I enjoy being the first the first the leader (laughs) yeah trendsetter not a follower right right exactly (laughs) (laughs) but what is cool is when you do kind of expand your pro experience beyond athletes unlimited um you're somewhat familiar with head coach Kirk Walker obviously from the tryout but you know he is on the UCLA staff I remember back in the Mm -hmm. day he was the head coach for Oregon State too so he's just a Pac-12 guy but what are your thoughts on playing for him so I'm really excited um I prior to coming to AU had the chance to go hit some live with him or off of him. Um, he was training with his men's league team. Um, they actually had a tournament out here in Chicago, uh, right before I came out here. And so they were all practicing and I, we had like a zoom meeting with our whole, uh, commotion team. And he had said like, just because now, like I'm up in, you know, orange County, throwing BP if anyone's wanting it. And I'm like, yes, I need to see a ball come at me <laughs> very soon. So um, 
I got to go hit BP with him and his team for a couple hours and, you know, field out in the outfield, but shagging. And um, we only worked, I only had maybe in total 15 minutes of hitting with, with Kirk, but when he would watch my swing and like, I'd come back to him and talk to him about it. Like he knew we have never, he's never coached me. He hasn't, you know, I haven't played for him. He just already knew what I was talking about, was seeing things that I was feeling, just had a really good like vibe to what I was saying or talking about. Like he just knew what I need, like what I was wanting to talk about. Just really cool. I mean, he just read me so well and he just understood what I was saying. So I'm really excited. Um, I think I'm really excited because I've only played against him. And I, I mean, that was only for three years kind of in total because my freshman year, um, Fresno State went to the UCLA Regional. So, I mean, played against him once or twice, but um, not like the last two years of my collegiate career. So, but he just, he's so full of knowledge. And I mean, he obviously knows how to, um, you know, be successful and run a successful program. So I'm just, I'm excited to see how this team is going to, you know, make their, their debut into the MPS um, under him. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's exciting. And I'm excited to see you out there on the green. And I, I know you can play really all of the outfield positions. Obviously you played center field at Arizona state, but obviously there's a huge focus on hitting but from the mm -hmm. defensive side. What's your favorite part about the outfield? I just think the craft of it. I think people don't understand how detailed the outfield is. Um, there's a lot of green, there's a lot of room to run and you're so far away from every base that you have to throw to that just the grind and the amount of time and the amount of effort that goes into working your craft in the outfield, I, it has to be my favorite part. I think, I think Coach Dubs is what made me so crazy about the outfield. Um, but like I said, you're so far away from every base that you throw to that every step that you take matters. Every line that you get on matters if you're just a centimeter off this line, if your ball does not spin and rotate directionally this way, I mean, th that's a whole, that's, that's feet now that we're talking about that you're off. And so yeah. I just think it's, I think that process and working the craft and getting very, very, very detailed about where your feet are, your lines, that's my favorite part. It, people don't understand how hard outfield is. And so to be able to actually hang with the craft and work in the craft and do it, I think is the coolest thing. So. I agree because it's, it's so intentional. That's really what mm -hmm. it is about the outfield. And I honestly think so hitting needs to be intentional too. So I think that's why you end up seeing outfielders who are good hitters and, mm -hmm. it, and whether that's like a triple threat from the left side or whatever it is, it's like, there's always that intent and being able to read the situation well. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I love that. One thing I wanted to ask you too is because I know you've been number 74 with Athletes Unlimited mm -hmm. when we've been seeing you in the outfield, but then yeah. you were 47 with ASU and the commotion. Is there, did you just kind of flip the number? Like, is there a significance with those? Right. So, well, because we're here with 56 girls and you change teams every week, 
um, you have to hold the same number. So um, when I signed, 47 was already taken. Uh, that's a managed minister. And my next number, I was like, oh, I guess I'll be 99. Obviously, yours truly in the room over there has wearing, wearing 99. <laughs> so um, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to keep my numbers. I'm just going to switch them. Yeah. And so 74. <laughs> yeah, that works. At least you were a double digit number before. So you could just make, you know, because if you're a single digit, you're like, well, I guess there's no switching. <laughs> I know. Like I can't flip it upside down or rotate it or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so weird when people are zero one or zero two. Yeah, like, that's double zero makes sense to me, but the zero one or the zero three or like the zero and the single, it just doesn't make sense to me, and I don't like it. Yeah, no, I agree. That's we're doing too much. If if yeah, that's what's happening, way too much. we way we need to much. do less. <laughs> <laughs> because it, when it's just a single zero, it is kind of weird. Because to me, and and you might feel this way too, just being from the pack, it's just like, is this an org and oh, like I don't really know what's happening here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this like a general jersey or we just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, double zero makes sense, but zero in front of a single digit number does not make sense to me. It yeah. especially bugs me when people are zero, three, and then someone else on the team is just one. Consistency. One. Like, we need consistency. <laughs> Can't handle that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I feel like we've also talked a lot about kind of just the different effects of COVID-19, because I mean, we could be here forever talking about that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But one thing that has happened for current college players is that the transfer portal now because of this and the last season kind of not happening has been just off the charts active. And you being somebody who did make that decision to transfer, what advice would you give to these players as they make those moves? And I know you moved, you kind of followed Coach Ford from Fresno, but there's still a lot, you know, in transitioning to a new school, a new state, you have new teammates, like there's still a lot. So what would you kind of say to those girls who are thinking through that? Yeah, um, I would just say like, this is your journey. You decide what you want and you know what you want out of it. Um, and if you don't know what you want out of it, then maybe you're not transferring for the right reasons. Um, in my mind, my situation kind of worked out differently than I thought. I, I'm a pretty committed and loyal person. And in my mind, we joke about consistency, but um, I thought I'm going to be at Fresno State for the rest, like the next four years. I'm going to get a degree from Fresno State, you know, go dogs always. But then obviously when I realized that I could actually do so much more and I could amount to more that's when I realized like, okay, maybe this isn't where this is going to happen for me. That kind of comes back on a, a lot, like a longer story. I wasn't a huge softball fan growing up. Didn't watch it. Didn't know who the good schools were. Didn't know what the conferences looked like. Didn't know what conferences were good, what conferences were bad. I just knew I wanted to play D1 softball and I didn't really care where. Um, and then when I went to Fresno state, it felt like home. Uh, I took my visit there coach and I, Fresno state did feel like home but it was coach Ford that made it home. Um, it was the, that staff that made it yep. home. And I say that staff because they ingrained a culture in their athletes that made everything feel like home. So Fresno State, I loved because I had never been a part of a team that was so tight knit 
if I was in a bind at 3 a.m., I could call anyone in that program, anyone, and they'd be there. Um, just such a tight-knit group. And it was hard to leave because, I, again, I'm a loyal person. And I just developed these really close, great relationships with these athletes, these girls. And I didn't want to, like, walk out on them. You know, I didn't want to, like, abandon them. But I think what was so special was that they actually pushed me to leave. They were like, Mo, how you have two more years, go. Like, you're going to go do really great things. Like, we love and we support you, go. Wow. So, so um, I, I'm very grateful for my, um, my process through that. But it really is your journey. Like I said, I didn't know who the good schools were. So I didn't really know that Fresno State was in the Mountain West, which isn't the greatest conference, but it's not the worst. Um, still play really competitive softball, still ma match up really well with the SEC and the Pac-12 teams. Well, in Fresno um, State, it, historically, yeah, they, they've been to yeah. the World Series. They've done all that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, I just didn't know. And so yeah. um, when I finally kind of came into my own as an athlete at Fresno State and realized what I was capable of, I was like, oh, okay, so now that I'm understanding what conferences are the good ones, <laughs> Pac-12 and Coach Ford and ASU kind of sound like a really great mix right now, really sound like a great idea. So to those athletes that are going into the transfer portal and thinking about leaving, um, I would just, again, say, this is your journey. It's no one else's. If people can't support you, um, then maybe those aren't people that are in your corner to begin with. But that's also to say, you know, you need to know why you're leaving. You need to know and have reason, solid, valid reason why you're leaving. If you're leaving because you don't agree with the lack of playing time that you're getting, I mean, think about the work that you're putting in instead. Like, don't blame others, look at yourself. And if you truly are, you know, dotting your I's and crossing your T's, and it's just not working, then again, this is your journey. But you affect a lot of people when you make these decisions. Um, so yes, your journey, but be mindful of why you're leaving and don't be soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't if, be soft. It, I like don't it. be soft. Just have a good reason. So yeah. Know There's what you right want out of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I know you mentioned this earlier in terms of AU, which is the idea of champion souls. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you, you know when you need to course correct. And like you said, if it's legit, if it's a real thing that is going to be better for you and if you do it the right way, like knowing when to adjust is so important. And it mm -hmm. cannot be like understated in my opinion, because it's like making adjustments. You're gonna have to make adjustments in every part of your life and like yeah. make big decisions that will affect your path and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. to be kind of mindful. And I feel like from our entire conversation, it seems like you're, you are a champion soul and you're attracted to other champion souls. And that's kind of I what has shaped that. it. Yeah. Thank you. You make me cry. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, you can tell, you know, you can see it in people. You can feel it. I talked to a lot of people on here. I'd like to think I'm, I would say everyone I've talked to is a champion soul, not just cause it's my show, but like, you know, these are the real, you guys are all the real deal. Yeah. 
I, I love that. Well, I will wrap things up then on that note with a little game that I like to play with everybody. Oh, okay. Let's, um, let's it's fun. Yeah. It's called Safer Out. And Safer out, okay. basically, I'll just bring something up, like a topic, and mm-hmm. you'll say whether it's safer out. So you'll call it if you like it or you agree with it. You're like, okay, yeah, that's safe. If you don't like it, like zero one or whatever you said earlier, like those weird mm-hmm. jersey numbers, then you call it out. Does okay. that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Okay. okay. So first one, the power pony. At least that's what I call it. But I, you might have called it bubbles earlier. Is that what, like the ponytail where there's more than one hair tie, like going all the way down it? Yeah, like like one, two, like three. Yes, like Crystal Bustos made this like a thing back in the day. Safe. 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 I'm all okay. about the bubbles. All about the bubbles. I have not heard them call bubbles, but I may, <sighs> I'm also old. So there's that. <laughs> You're not old. <laughs> older let's put it that way (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a lot of different names for it I just call them bubbles because I'm like "Eh, that's easy can you bubble me (laughs) well it kind of makes sense like when you said it I was like oh okay yeah that does make sense we always called it like the power pony just because it's just like a little it's more than just a regular ponytail it's not it is 100 percent yeah no and I I like because you can do so many different things with it like you can bubble it and then you can put like a braid bubble and yeah you can just do so many things that is next level and I feel like yeah your kind of group coming into softball really started taking that over the top like if I would have done that back when I played my teammates would have been like "Mm, do less (laughs) like you're doing way too much yes but now (laughs) like you all like I see Pianca Selly with like three braids like you know what I mean coming out and like I'm like well you know what just be you don't listen to other people (laughs) yeah exactly be you all right. Well, safe. Okay. For the first yeah, one. Yeah, safe. Very safe. So I would say bare hands when you're up to bat. So no batting gloves. Safer safe. out. Safe? safe. So tell me All more day. about why. Um, so I actually got this question the other day because people do have started noticing that I do not wear batting gloves. And okay. So kind of just from childhood, this is where the, this is where it comes from. Um, I would put batting gloves on and for some reason, like they hurt. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I don't know why. Cause this, this happens when I have to put like latex gloves on for whatever reason, like science class. Um, but anytime I have to put any type of gloves on my hands, mittens, anything, it hurts my hands. I like get this ache in my wrist that my Weird. hands feel like they're just going to fall off. I don't know what it is. I just cannot do it. So that's where it came from. But through the years, um, I would get batting gloves and I, again, it hurt, but like just the feeling of them doesn't make me feel good. I feel like I cannot hold on to that. I feel like the bat's going to go flying and I'm going to hurt somebody. Um, And then obviously as I've matured, um, I hate batting gloves because I just feel like you're kind of soft. Like I want to feel the good, the bad, the ugly. I, when it feels good, I want to feel all of it. I want to feel the, I just want to feel the way that the ball comes off the bat in my hands, in my bare hands. And then let's say that I'm not on time for a pitch and I get super jammed up. I don't want to feel that ever again. So instant negative feedback right there that that is not what I was supposed to feel and that hurt. So we're not going to do that again. But just feeling the actual bat in my hands feeling the connection when it's there, when it's good. Um, I just think when you wear batting gloves, it takes that away. So 
I could be a little more on time, but I wouldn't know because I didn't even feel it in the gloves. The only other time, the only time that I will ever put batting gloves on is if it's like raining and my grip is wet. And so then my hands are wet and the bat is literally going to go flying. Yeah. I think I did that once and it was at Oregon State. It was my junior year. It was our series against Oregon State at Oregon State. And I had to wear batting gloves because the grips were all soaked. I I could not hold on to my bat. So I yeah. had to throw some batting gloves on just to keep something dry. And it just horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> I was going to say, was you probably sport. have to have a good grip. Like if you're not going to wear batting gloves in general, like rain or shine, you have to have a good grip then. Because some of them are yeah. like thin and like weak. Like you couldn't, it wouldn't be comfortable. But I don't know. Es- essentially, um, I don't ever really regret my bats. Whatever grip comes with it, I hang with it. And if it starts rolling and exposing like the actual handle of the bat, I keep it rolled and I keep the handle of the bat because like I said, I want to feel everything. Yeah. Might be slightly psychotic, but if it starts pairing, I just throw some tape on there and we just keep that grip. Just keep well, that grip. <laughs> have you ever like pine tarred? Like we're like old school baseball? I've touched bats with pine tar on them and I hate it um I so I don't have sweaty hands my hands don't sweat well that helps that kind of issue yes so I'm like I can I grip like my grip's fine yeah I think that if I did have sweaty hands that I would need to use some pine tar or some chalk or something but I've never needed to use it um quite frankly when I grabbed a bat with pine tar all over it and my hands got all sticky and then I used my bat, it really hurt my skin. <laughs> yeah. My skin was like stuck on that one part of the bat and like everything's moving. So yeah, you're like, I don't need to feel that much. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, I mean, my bat can move a little bit in my hands. It doesn't need to be just my skin right there on that very exact spot the whole time. No, it hurt. I was like, yeah, we're gonna, I was getting Indian burns on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, no batting gloves, safe. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, Hey, you've had great hands this whole athletes unlimited season so far. So not going to question it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Couple back-to-back saves for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. This was fun. I'm really thank glad you. that this we got so to much chat. Fun. Uh, me too. This was so fun. Yeah. I always love it too. Pack family for life always. So back to pack baby. <laughs> <laughs> Have an episode of Morgan. How? No, I'm just kidding. But really, it was great. It was good times talking ball with Morgan. So much experience and learning happening there at the same time. One thing I really liked that she said was about the outfield, that there's so much more to it than what people think. And I want to dig into this a little bit for the double play tip of the week. So this week's double play tip is about throwing from the outfield, specifically when you're catching a fly ball with a runner on base. So physically, you want to set your feet. And this is really true about any throw. I mean, you always have to get your feet in the right position. That glove side foot leads, points you in the direction of where you're going to throw. And you step and cross over with that back foot, get your body turned sideways to align your upper body and front shoulder in that direction and get that lead foot in position. It's always a thing and it is here too. Like she said, you have to be online or else things can get crazy. So right now though, I'm not really talking about throwing from the outfield when you're chasing a ball down in the gap or down the line. And if that's the case, you're kind of trying to get rid of it. You just push off that back foot and go. Or diving catches, for example, where you have to push yourself up to throw or something like that. I'm talking about those basic fly balls where you have time to get underneath them to make the catch. And mentally, what you want to think about is creating momentum. 
in general, you have more time in the outfield because you're further away. The ball has to travel longer to get to you and you have to throw the ball further to get it back in. So you have more time to exaggerate these throwing movements. You wanna make the motions a little bit bigger than you would in the infield, for example. The infield is so close, it's reactive, it's about that quick release. But like what we talked about, outfield movements are a little more intentional and you need more momentum to make those longer throws. So for fly balls that you can get under, the tip is really simple. Get under it, but start a couple steps behind the ball so you can run up to it and build your momentum to start your throw. That's it. It's simple, but it's important. You don't want to be right underneath it, catch it standing still, and have no momentum on your throw. It's just not going to have as much behind it. So like we've talked about in a past double play tip of the week about dynamic movements, once you start moving, it's easier to keep moving and you can move faster versus starting from zero. And the good outfielders, they read the fly ball and they implement this live. And like anything else, you get that with reps. So that's the physical and mental side of throwing from the outfield on fly balls. Set your feet and create momentum. That's the double play tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available anywhere you get your pods, Apple, Spotify, Believe.com, and more. I'm going to hit you with the big three. Subscribe, rate, and write a review for the show. And of course, you can also always share the episodes. Hit me up on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera. Love talking to you guys. And as always, thank you for listening and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.